Hi friends, and welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has the vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Hi, Julie. Good morning, Devin. How are you today? I am good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, Yesterday was a great day. You know why? Full of basketball? Oh, that was part of it. I watched, you know, Ohio State women's team won. Oh, here we go. Pulled a big upset on UConn. Not a big upset, but a little bit of an upset. Yeah, I'd say this. What, Ohio State's ranked third? I think they're third in the tourney and UConn was second. Yeah, so yeah. technically an upset, but I think an upset considering UConn's dominance right. in women's basketball over the years. They are legendary, for sure. But good for the Buckeyes. I know, but the better news is I mowed my grass yesterday. Yay! It's that time of year. <laughs> it's so exciting. And You do love a nice lawn mow. I do because, you know, everything's looking green again. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. And I love how God makes everything kind of feel new. Like we're heading mm. into spring, and I feel like I've never experienced spring before. Yes, it does. It's refreshing to see the green grass and the flowers start to pop up. It's a sign of hope. I've shared with you before, Devin. The reason I love to mow grass is because you get immediate gratification, and um, it's rare in life that you have immediate results from your efforts. But when you mow grass, it looks nice. The smell kind of permeates the air, and it—I don't know. Just a good and feeling. The allergies just start to hit you. Well, I took the Allegra before I. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Is take my. Um... Let's do a little advertisement spot here, a little promo for. I do Allegra. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? I do Flonase. Flo. <laughs> yep. So... I've heard that stuff is addictive. <laughs> oh really? Well, yeah. Like whoops. people want to just <laughs> sniff it all the time. No, nope, that's not me. But I okay. do, do it every spring and. Fall yeah. because my allergies get out of this world. Mm. So before I cut my grass today, thanks Flonase. <laughs> Jesus, that's good news. Sponsored by Flonase. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Oh goodness. Yep, that's what's ahead of me today. Um, any big plans for you? Uh, just enjoying the sun. I'd love to go out and maybe do a little bird watching, get outside, and mm, just just enjoy like God's creation. It sounds so corny. But Devin, you know I love it. It's um, it's just beautiful outside. So I remember going to church and asking people what they were grateful for. And usually people would say family. And we did Gratitude Friday, by the way, the other day. We did. And shout out to those people who commented. That was, that was fun know. to watch. I loved it. It was And it was great to read those things. And uh, people obviously are grateful for relationships. And, I, and that's just, I, it just warms my heart. But... Um, in church, people are always grateful for good weather, and I am too. So I'm going to get out there and enjoy it today. Speaking of church, when this podcast is released, Julie, I know you wanted to touch on something that is typically talked about in church on this day. Sure. It's um, part of the church calendar, an important part of, of the church calendar, and an important part of Lent, Devin, is um, Palm Sunday. And we're not going to be covering Palm Sunday today in our in our podcast, we're, we're going to pivot. We're going to do something a little bit different. But Palm Sunday is traditionally um, recognized as the time when, and it's found in scripture, when Jesus rides a donkey into the gates of Jerusalem. And it's a bittersweet moment because, Devin, like 
he knows he's entering that city for kind of the last time as far as his, quote, mortal life would be concerned. And he knows that death waits for him. And, mm. oh, my gosh, I, the emotions that he must have felt because people, it says in Scripture, were laying down their coats and they were shouting Hosanna. They were um, very excited to see Jesus coming into the city. They had been looking for him, wondering if he would show up, and he does. But in the back of his mind, he knows um, there's a lot that's that lies ahead of him. And can I ask a question? Sure. Why is it called palm? Because they laid what um, they took palm from a palm tree. Uh-huh. They took the leaves or the fronds, I guess is what they're called. And it says in scripture that they waved the the palm trees up and down, like as, oh, as kind as of a salute. Yeah, and and laid them on the. Um, I believe it says they laid them on the road, almost like how you would roll out the red carpet for someone. Like the red carpet moment. Exactly. And so it's a way of honoring him and welcoming him and, and wow. Yeah. Elevating him and cheering for him. Mm. And the irony is that in just, you know, a few days, those same people will be shouting for his crucifixion. Wow. Yeah. So Palm Sunday, it's, it's a bittersweet celebration. I don't even know if celebration's the right word, but it is bittersweet for that very reason. No, especially knowing that Jesus is about to be condemned for all the wrong reasons. And that kind of leads us into our story today, Devin. Jesus stops about 2 miles outside of Jerusalem right before entering in, about 6 days before Passover when Jesus goes into Jerusalem and he stops for a special visit with one of his best friends. Lazarus. Yeah, Lazarus. So most people know Lazarus because he was the gentleman that Jesus raised from the dead. But we're going to talk about why Jesus would have stopped at Lazarus's house just prior to entering the city for Palm Sunday. And I think he did it for, and this is just me, I think he did it for a specific reason. Hmm. I'm excited to hear. Yeah, and I think it all comes back to we need our people. Man, that is so important in life, to have your people, to find your people, to find the right people, and to hang on to those people. And Devin, I'm going to tell you, I mean, if I think back to my 30s and who my friends were at the time, they've definitely changed. Right. But I can tell you that once I found my people, okay, Mm. and I'm thinking of my friends Lisa and Kendra and Phyllis, I met them... 20 years ago, it was actually about the time of my divorce and they're still my people. And I think when you find them, you hold on to them and they've played such an important role in my life. Uh, They've been there. um, Yes. For the good times. But do you know how I know they're my people? Because they're there for the bad, the ugly, the hard, all of it doesn't matter. Yeah. They've been there and they're there for you, you know, not only for the bad and the hard, but they celebrate you and the good. They're not afraid to lift you up, even if it may not affect them in any right, sort of way. Right. They're cheering for you no matter what. Always, always your cheerleaders, always your biggest supporters. Yeah. So I think Jesus, I, what I love about him is he sets for us always in scripture. If you're looking um, through any of the gospels, Devin, he's always telling us a better way to live. And Jesus is saying, 
without so much like putting it into words by showing up at Lazarus's house. He's, he's telling us that in those deep, dark moments, and even in the good times, but in those darkest moments, you got to have your people, you, you've got to have a place to go and just totally be yourself and share what's on your mind. I, I was thinking of this quote from C.S. Lewis that friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, what, you too? I thought I was the only one. It's so true. You cling on to those people who have been through similar experiences or feel the same way because you can understand each other on a level that most people can't. Absolutely. And when we think about Lazarus, Devin, what was the one thing that he had been through that Jesus had never experienced? Death. My guy died and Jesus is unfortunately on his way to that. And I think that's why he's clinging on to Lazarus to be like, hey, um, I'm a little scared. Yeah. Help me through this. I've never experienced death before. Yeah, what's it like? And for those of you who might be thinking about this and saying, well, Jesus is Jesus. Why? How could he be scared? There's, there's no way that he would need the support of someone who had been through it. I beg to differ. Jesus has human emotion. Up and down. We, we see that. Oh, let's even go back. You know, we're going to be looking at John chapter 12. But you guys, if you look back, I think it was in John chapter 11 where Lazarus died there are so many key words, key things that Jesus says to describe that relationship. And to describe his human emotion. Mm. Chapter 11, verse 35, after Lazarus died, it says, Jesus wept. That right there just shows Jesus had emotion and he felt the feelings that you and I feel every day. And the depth of relationship he must have had with him. Yeah. Here's Jesus knowing I'm about to raise the guy from the dead. <laughs> yeah. Jesus knows everything's about to be okay. He, I know. But he still feels that intense emotion of losing your bestie. He, yeah. He still has all those feels, right? And Devin, if you look back, I know you have your Bible, I think, open in front of you. Look back to the very beginning of how how people describe the relationship between Lazarus and Jesus. Devin, do you have that scripture in front of you real quick? From I think it's chapter 11. Yes, I do. And I'll just kind of read from the beginning, verses oh, 1 sure. through 3. Oh, sure. Yeah, here. go ahead. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. How powerful is that? How beautiful is that? Lord, the one you love is sick. He they didn't say, Lord, my brother's sick. No. <laughs> they the way that they phrase that, the one whom you love is sick. And here's just a, a quick little bit of Bible trivia. This is from the book of John. And a lot of scholars believe that John, when he wrote this book, always tried to elevate himself as Jesus's best friend. Oh, interesting. And here we have John, though, saying. I didn't even compete. Don't compete where you don't compare. Right. (laughs) The one you love. I mean, even John was recognizing that there was a special friendship between Jesus and Lazarus. We don't have any real uh, context for that. We don't read anything else in scripture about 
whether or not they hung out and bowled on Friday nights or, you know, we don't know. We don't know the, the details of the depth of the relationship, but we know the relationship is there. And it's powerful. And so we know how the story ends. If people don't know Devin, give him a quick update of what happens here with Jesus and the Lazarus and Lazarus dying and the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. So spoiler alert, um, Jesus brings Lazarus back to life and one of his last miracles. Is that right? One of the last ones. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, Devin, this kind of seals Jesus's fate. It does, which is wild to me. The people around him obviously saw Jesus perform this unbelievable miracle. Yeah, there are witnesses. (laughs) Right. Plenty of witnesses. Plenty of witnesses. And unfortunately, the flip side of that, shout out to the Pharisees for being (laughs) butthats. No penny in the swear jar. No, you're good. You're good. I'll give you a pass. Chapter 11, verse 53. It says, so from that day on... They plotted to take his life. I know. Have you ever heard the expression, no good deed goes goes unpunished? This one is, yeah. This that, is like the- That describes it perfectly. This is the best deed ever to bring someone mm-hmm. back to life. And unfortunately, as I said previously, it, it seals Jesus's fate to the point where he literally goes into hiding into the Judean wilderness. He, he's, he's hiding out because he doesn't want anyone to- He knows he's a marked man. But he decides on his way to Jerusalem, like I said, Bethany was about two miles outside of the city. He's got to make a stop and he's got to see Lazarus. And he intentionally makes this stop. Yeah. It's not like it was on the way. No. And Lazarus is a marked man as well. Because he was a byproduct of Jesus's healing. Exactly. And so I think when Jesus shows up at his door, you know, Lazarus, God bless him. He takes a huge risk and he's like come on in, you know, let, let's dine to, let's be together for a while. Um, but I think that the whole reason, and you guys, you're not going to find this anywhere. It doesn't say this in scripture, but again, I think the reason Jesus shows up is because he needs to be with someone who knows what it feels like to die. So friends, here's what I want us to do. I ask you this all the time. I ask you to step into the story Uh, Don't just read the flat text. Let's imagine that you are there. So what I want you to do is imagine that you've been invited to Martha and Mary and Lazarus's house at Bethany. There's going to be a huge dinner. They're celebrating that Lazarus is alive. They say, come on in, take off your sandals, say hello to everybody. And you had heard the story about Lazarus dying and raised to death, but you actually see him. He's actually there actually alive yeah and he's breathing and he's getting ready to eat and he's laughing and he's enjoying the company and martha one of the sisters who is all about rule keeping and making sure she runs a very tidy house she decides that she's going to do the introductions can you imagine what the introduction sounded like Devin? so this is jesus (laughs) don't know if you heard of him and then this is lazarus uh jesus's bestie who was once dead and now alive and then imagine, and this is Devin. Uh, Devin, have anything to share about yourself <laughs> compared to those two? <laughs> Nothing. Nope. Just happy to be here. <laughs> Devin, can you imagine you're sitting there and you're like, oh, you were dead just a couple of days ago. You don't even smell. You yeah, know, right. uh, but yeah, can you imagine having to live up to that story? No, not at all. Yeah. 
So you're sitting there and it, it would have to be very uncomfortable. I mean, it's, it's just weird. You don't know anybody that's ever been raised from the dead. And you notice that there's this, you know, you've heard about the rabbi Jesus mm-hmm. and he's maybe right across the table from you. And I'm imagining that Jesus is looking a little preoccupied. Yeah. He's got a big week coming in uh, ahead of him. And he said, Oh, hi, Rabbi. I'm Julie. How's it going? And I think he says, unfortunately, you know, I raised my best friend from the dead and my enemies are now out to kill me. Hmm. Um, it all seems a bit awkward, but I think, again, Jesus is there for a reason. So what was the reason for his visit? I think, Devin, in a great reversal here, instead of Jesus feeding people, instead of him teaching people and healing them, Jesus, in this instance, is the one who's going to be fed by his friends, who is going to be healed by their words and healed by their love. And presence. Oh, you couldn't ask for anything better, right, than to be in in the presence of people that he loves. And so Jesus is, is there to receive that night, not to give. And here's the thing, too. None of his friends here, not Lazarus, not Martha, not Mary... Nobody's going to be able to fix what's about to happen. No. But what they can do is just be there for their friend. Yeah, just be present. Like, can you, I can imagine Martha. We we talked about this the other night in Bible study, how Mary and Martha were very different. Yeah, it's kind of like you and Jody. Yeah, yes. Jody is definitely like a Mary. Yeah, she's emotion. You know, she's all about the, the big gestures of love. And I'm all about, well, let's do this first, and then we're going to do this, and we're going to do this. Yeah, like, I would be fixing the dinner, and and uh, Jody would be over there going, Jesus, does that taste good? Do you need more salt on those eggs? Jesus, what can, you, what can I do <laughs> what for can you? What can I get you? That's totally how it would have been. But, yeah, I, you, you make a fantastic point there, that all they could offer him was presents and not be able to fix anything. Um, back in 2012, when... Jennifer was diagnosed with cervical cancer. Um, We vowed to be there for her through thick and thin, through it all. And I remember uh, a local church had had a fundraiser for her, and they were a really, really small church. Um, She had been a funeral director, and um, she had developed a relationship with with this pastor in this church. And so they decided to, like I said, have a little fundraiser for her. And I remember um, her husband, Rick, coming out of the, we were leaving the fundraiser and he looked at me and he was just at the end of his rope. He was a little, mm-hmm. he, he was bitter, Devin. He, and I get it. He was losing the love of his life. Sure. And he looked at me and he, he just kind of pointed at the church and he goes, you know, none of this fixes anything. Mm. And I said, no. It doesn't. It doesn't heal the cancer. But he was missing the bigger point. You know, that a lot of times all we can do is offer ourselves to be present. Yeah. Support. Yeah. And I think Jesus stopping off at Lazarus's house and enjoying dinner and company. And I have to imagine he was preoccupied. He knew that Lazarus could not fix anything. You know, But I like to think this, that the Savior of the world could have done anything that night. 
He could have been anywhere. He could have been planning for a great reversal of the misfortune that was to come. But no, he chose to be with the people that he loved. And, you know, the night that Jen passed, we were there. You know, we like to think that we were there when she took her last breath. We were all gathered around her bed. And we were praying and just watching as she passed away and and met Jesus face to face. Hmm. I told you last week, Devin, that Henry Nouwen is one of my heroes. I just love his words. And I have a quote here. Would you mind reading it and just sharing with everyone? Absolutely. It says, The friend who can be silent with us in a moment of despair or confusion, who can stay with us in an hour of grief and bereavement, who can tolerate not knowing, not healing, and not curing, that is a friend who cares. Oh, it's so good. So good. So powerful. So true. It is that power. I mean, that unseen, that untouchable power of presence that Jesus desired that night. And I like that the quote starts with the friend who can be silent. Mm. Sometimes it's, it's when nothing needs to be said. So hard. That is the most powerful moments. I had shared with you one time, I remember through Jen and I having a difficult conversation and I remember she was talking about her her death and I remember she looked at me and she said, Julie, she goes, I know that we'll see each other again. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, can I just hold your hand? Yeah. And I just grabbed her hand and we sat there in silence. Wow. There was nothing else to say, but just to offer that presence. And Jesus needed it. And my friends, I'm here to tell you that if you're going through a difficult time, sometimes our first inclination or our first instinct is to run and to hide. But I'm telling you, sometimes burdens are too great for you to bear alone. And it takes the vulnerability that most days we don't seem to have, but you got to muster it up and you've got to reach out and say, I'm hurting. I need help. And Jesus sets for us this example. The burden that was coming for him, Devin, was too great for him to bear on his own. And I guess what keeps us from doing that? It's interesting that, you know, I'm taking your notes here. Go ahead. But in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And I just compare this to my time in basic training, which obviously is uncomparable to what Jesus is going through right now. But I think it's fascinating when you first get the basic training, you're assigned what we call a battle buddy Mm. and you can't go anywhere by yourself. You'll get smoked as they say in the military if you're caught alone. So you are always paired with a battle buddy. And it makes me think, you know, what if they didn't make that a rule? Do you think that's, do you think that's always been like, Devin, my grandparents or my grandfathers who served in the military, do you think they had the same thing? Like, do you think they I had would a... think so. Okay. I would hope so because my point is I wonder if they didn't establish that. How many soldiers or, you know, Marines, anybody in the military will try to go through that journey by themselves. Mm. And it probably wouldn't end great mm. because you are supposed to be with somebody during tough times. Have their back. You're supposed to have each other's back. You're supposed to carry each other through. You're supposed to be there when somebody is, you know, feeling at their lowest, which happens in basic training. 
there's supposed to be support there and you're supposed to be with your people. And Jesus is laying this out perfectly for us. He he is. But you know what I'm realizing, Devin, is we've, we use this word a lot, intentional. Mm-hmm. Jesus made an intentional choice to step out of the wilderness where he was hiding. And he chose to go to Lazarus's home and and spend that time there. And I think we have to be intentional in investing in relationships. It just doesn't happen. Like Jody and I met you and Katie on that night uh, mm. in Cincinnati. And here we are doing a podcast together, but it didn't just happen. No. It was no. an intentional building into each other's lives. And friends, if you don't have those kind of relationships, pray for them search them out ask god for wisdom be learn how to be vulnerable with and and build safe relationships i mean you can't do this life on your own there's no such thing as a solitary christian a solitary jesus follower devin you mentioned that about having a battle buddy mm-hmm. so the battle buddy wasn't there so you guys could go to parties together <laughs> no quite the opposite it was for desperate times Yes. You would have someone that would have your back. I'm thinking of, too, the uh, John. Uh, we're talking about all this happening in the book of John, but in John 15, 13. I mean, it's such a, a great military kind of verse where it says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay one's life down for one's friends. Mm. And what I love about this is I think Lazarus really took this to heart because Lazarus was willing to open up his home to Jesus, knowing, by the way, that Jesus was a marked man. Right. I wonder if some of the Pharisees were like, you know, he's got a special relationship with that Lazarus guy. I bet if we camp out in Bethany, Jesus might make an appearance and we can probably grab him then. And while we're at it, take Lazarus too. Oh, yeah. Two for one. Yep. Because we're kind of upset with both of them for bringing good news to people. Heavenly day. We can't have that happening. So, But, yeah, I think Lazarus is like, whatever you need, man. I got your back. Even if it's my own life, I'm willing to lay it down for you, Jesus. Come, you know, come be a part of what we're doing tonight. And even though you're going to be facing a difficult time, let's let's do it together. Dang. Lazarus is a real one. Isn't he, though? I can't wait to meet him someday. He is a real friend. I think what we're learning here from from Lazarus is that, you know, a good friendship will cost you something. People could have said that Lazarus, you know, is friends with that maniacal rabbi. So in addition to this amazing gift of love and the gift of presence that Lazarus was able to offer Jesus, I think one of the most powerful things, though, that he was able to do was just probably listen to him. I imagine that at some point during this dinner that Jesus maybe pulled Lazarus aside and said, friend, do you have a moment just to talk? I'm about ready to go through something that's really, really difficult. And I know you've been through death before, but I never have. Just someone to listen to him. There's a fantastic quote by an author who wrote a lot about listening, David Augsburger. And he says this, that being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. I love that. 
And I love that because how many people, and I know I've been uh, a suspect of this or guilty of this, and you have to try to train yourself not to be, but somebody's talking to you, you just want to fix it or give Mm -hmm. them answers right away. I think it's human nature, isn't it? We hate to see anyone suffering. Exactly. But just to listen and listen alone, Mm. that's love. That's hard. I know when I called you two plus years ago now, and I felt like I was at rock bottom, Mm. you couldn't fix me. Mm. You couldn't fix the situation. But you could listen to me and make me feel heard and seen. Yeah. And that's what was needed. And And you know what? You loved me through the whole journey. And sorry, but you're going to have to do it for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to be there for you. Yeah. I'll try to be your Lazarus. Yeah. You were there for me, and that's what mattered. And here we have Jesus. Thank you for saying that, by the way. How how kind. And it was easy. It was easy but hard to do, by the way. Before we get to back to the Jesus thing, I, I get it. Um, you know, when you're hearing that a, a friend is going through a difficult time, whether it be just feelings of insecurity or sickness, um, had a friend reach out to me not too long ago about that. And when you know you don't, you don't, you just don't have the magic whatever to make everything better. It's hard to see people that you love suffer. Mm. But don't run away. Right. Just listen. People long to be heard. You know, I'm thinking of mom um, a week uh, to 10 days before she passed away. She joined us for Bible study online. And there was no fixing mom at that point Mm -mm. but I would imagine in that bible study she enjoyed I know she did she enjoyed being listened to (laughs) what a cool moment that was a cool night yeah her just sharing like her view of scripture yeah it all comes back to love yeah and all of us just being present for it agreed not being able to fix anything but just to be and yeah it was great how special and what an honor it was for me to just share time with her. It was just holy. Holy is a good way to put it. Just a holy moment. It was just set apart. It was. Just to be present. And that's all we could offer her. And I think this is what Lazarus is saying, man, whatever you need, I'll sit here with you. Maybe even Lazarus said, can I hold your hand? You know, put his arm around him. I don't know what it was. And let me say one other thing. I want to put a little asterisk beside this again, Devin. What I'm talking about here, you guys, it is not in Scripture per se. We have no knowledge of what Jesus experienced when he went to dinner in Bethany. But friends, why else would he go there? And this is that Jewish practice that I talked to you about a long time ago called midrash. 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 It's a great word to say. It's where um, <laughs> the rabbis and people, you try to fill in the holes to the text because, okay, it would be like saying this. It would be like saying um, Julie and Jody met Devin and Katie in Cincinnati at the Taft Theater, period. 
that doesn't even encapsulate or doesn't even begin to capture what it was that we did in that, that moment, moment, right? Yeah, that's so true. There's so many layers of things that happened with conversation and laughter and and Jody like giving hugs to people she didn't hardly even know. I mean, there was so much more to it. So friends, when we're going through scripture and we're reading, I'm getting excited, can you tell? When we're going through scripture <laughs> and we're reading that Jesus stops off to visit the one whom he loved before facing death, you cannot tell me that there weren't layers of conversation. And that so much more than that. Yes, than what you read on flat pages of a text. Amen. And if Jesus was fully human and fully divine, then he had to have been scared out of his wits. And that's mm. when you need your people. That companionship. It's priceless. It, it's just priceless. We asked the other day, again, uh, on Facebook, what are you grateful for? And people were like, for my people. Relationship. It's everything. Not one person said, now I know your dad would probably say a boat. <laughs> a fishing boat. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin. But no, I know that if your dad had to choose between a boat or his family, mm-hmm. he's choosing his no people. Doubt. Yeah. Every time. So, yeah, people long to be heard, don't they, Devin? And long to be in great relationships. Before our podcast even started today, we talked for probably 45 minutes. An hour. We talked for an hour. We did. It was probably closer to an hour. And a lot of it was (laughs) me talking and you listening and you talking and me listening. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing in your life right now that I can fix for you, and there's nothing in my life that you can fix for me. Right. It's just being there and being listened to. I posted a picture the other day of Jody. Did you like that one on Facebook? Loved it. And you. There is a, well, there there was, a couple okay. pictures of you, too. Me, okay, so Jody was probably a COVID super spreader before there was ever COVID. <laughs> When we were yes, at the she was. when we were at the pride parade, <laughs> a couple. You know, years what? I was ago. thinking that too. I was like, "Dang, we had no idea what was about to hit us." No, we had no idea, and it probably started there in Columbus with Jody Gillen <laughs> kissing all kinds of people. But you know, it was so interesting, Devin. I know you've been to Pride before, mm-hmm. and um, of course, Jody had her T-shirt on that said "Free Mom Hugs," and. You guys, I cannot tell you how many individuals came up to my sister, tears streaming down their eyes. She's hugging them, and they just start blurting out their story of struggle, their story of ostracism. Here they are. They're telling these stories of deep hurt to a woman they've never met before. All because she offered relationship and acceptance and presence and last but not least, love yeah all part of that package of good listening isn't it yeah they just wanted to be heard jody couldn't fix anybody's issues there that day but she could offer unconditional love and and presence and and just listened and in listening they felt loved yep and seen for the first time probably a lot of them i think so yeah and um Jody usually adds, like I said on Facebook, a sloppy wet kiss to that. 
Um, I'm not so much. I'm more with a firm handshake or a side hug. But if you want the full on, then Jody's your woman. That sounds really bad. Well, that's why God made you twins. I guess so. Best of both worlds. We complement each other a little bit in that way. Oh, yeah. So I feel like you should issue a challenge with that. You always issue a challenge for the week. What kind of challenge do you think we should issue? To lead with love. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And... To first listen to people because when you interact with somebody, you're only seeing the top layer. Oh, yeah. Or the, t- the tip of the iceberg like we've talked about. That's so true. A lot of times they'll lead with something a little safe. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm going through a difficult time this week. Right. And then they see what you do with that. Yeah. Let's listen this week. And it's going to take time. It's going to take space. Yeah. It's going to cost you a little something. Mm-hmm. If you're going to listen and listen well. So here we go. We're headed into Black Friday. I guess that's what I would call it. People call it Good Friday. Jesus is headed down that path. You know, through all the dinner party, I just wonder if he had a, I wonder if he had a difficult time, Devin, enjoying the company of those he was with because he knew what laid ahead. Because he knew what lie ahead. Just choose the grammar. grammar. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you're Jesus then, let me close with this thought, and you knew you only had like one week left, Mm. one week left, what would you do? What we see Jesus do here is have a night of fellowship with his closest friends. This this was not a, a dinner party or a night with an agenda. This was not a night to teach about evangelism or right beliefs or to review scripture. It was not a night of learning about heaven or hell. It was a night of intimacy and companionship. That's all we need. That's all we need. Life is hard, Mm -hmm. but it's also beautiful. And the beauty is found in doing life with those we love. I love Jesus for being vulnerable for us and setting for us that example. So true, Julie, because the human nature in us, we, I feel like we try to refrain from being vulnerable first. So shout out to Jesus. Usually because we've been hurt before, right? But if you found the right ones, if you've got the right friends, then there's a beautiful give and take. So yeah, shout out to Jesus again for setting for us an example. It's fantastic. He is so good. So So good. good. And speaking of relationship, I want to give a quick shout out to Jim Snodgrass. Jim. My boy Jim, down the street from me, yes. Thank you for reaching out and saying hello. Uh, Thank you for all of our friends who have commented on our Facebook posts recently. We love to hear from you. We love to connect. And we love to be in relationship with you. So please always feel free to, to reach out. We're here. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And let's lead with listening and love this week. I like the alliteration. Good job, Deb. (laughs) So on behalf of Julia and myself, here's to the good news. May we be it, may we seek it, and may we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends.